0: I have noticed this in some of the things I read, some of the articles that I come across, and also my kind of own inner desire. There's a movement in our culture around productivity. There's a movement in our culture around getting things done, like wanting to be productive or wanting to be strategic, wanting to be effective. Often you come across a book or an article, and it doesn't matter your age, it's hitting teenagers. To adults, to older adults, regardless of your career, this idea like, how can I win at this? How can I win at life? How can I win at work? How can I win at business? And this idea of achievement. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, because who, who let's, let's say, who doesn't want to be productive? Does anybody not want to be productive? I mean, you know, and if you don't want that's okay. We respect that. We respect the productive and non-productive here. That's okay. We just welcome that. But the, here's the thing. Of course, there's a general human desire for that. Now, we've been in a Series on spiritual gifts and how the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, gives the church uh, followers of Christ gifts to be used in ministry and mission. Different gifts: administration, leadership, also gifts uh, that seem more unique, like tongues or prophecy or healing or faith. Uh, gifts like giving and things like that. And really, if you if you want to just be like practical about it, I mean, that's how the church gets things done. Whether we minister to each other in a time of need. You know, whether it's a need for mercy or a need for for prophetic voice, it's how we serve the world through our gifts. So the spiritual gifts are how the church gets things done, how we are a community together, how we do mission together in the world. So, even our call to kids' quest this morning is how we get things done, how we serve our kids and minister to our kids right now the Apostle Paul, who writes extensively in his letters about spiritual gifts and how the church functions together um, he 's excited to see people use their gifts in ministry and use their gifts in god 's mission and use all these gifts like administration or mercy or leadership or giving or all those those lists but I think he assumes something, and the scripture assumes something about you and me that I think is true. I, I know it's true about me, and I think it's true about you, that we can get overexcited as people about productivity and effectiveness and miss and miss using our gifts in the right way. We can get overexcited about productivity, effectiveness, strategy, right people, right places, all that kind of stuff, and miss how we use our gifts in the right way. Have you ever bought uh, you knew your friend 's birthday's coming out or maybe coming up, or maybe your spouse 's birthday, and so you have it on the calendar, buy them a gift, so you buy them a gift, you check it off the box, you give them the gift it's it 's good, you did it right and then and then you, you realize, oh you know they 're like, well, I mean, thank you for the gift, but it kind of just feels like you checked it off your to do list and and then they they kind of tell you didn 't really do it in the right way, you know like Yes, it's Mother's Day. Here's this. I did it. Okay, I did it. Right, and so, so, I, I, and don't laugh. It's not. This is not. This does not reflect me at this moment. I'm just like general, general outpouring here. But but we get that, right? We check the, something off a of box, and we're like, we did it. But did we do it in the right way? Maybe you planned out a night with friends or family and you checked it off the connection box, but we did it, it's a Friday night, this is happening, but it didn't really go that well because your heart wasn't into it. You, you didn't do it in the right way. Is that making sense? That we as people are often like that. And I think Paul helps us understand that getting um, the right people doing the right things in the right places is very good. And through their spiritual gifts is how the, the scriptures lead us towards that. But he takes this pause in his teaching to help us not just think about the right things, right people, right places, but the right way. The right way. And I wrote this on the screen just so we can catch this and you can also get it later you know, on, on our website. Right people doing right things is not as effective unless done in the right way. Right things, right people, or maybe add right places, I think can even get sabotaged unless it's done in the right way. Well, what's the right way? Is the right way the procedures? Is the right way the the, the rules? Is the right way... I mean, there's always procedures to do something. There's always kind of a path. But the way that Paul is talking about is something that is so rampant in the New Testament, and it's the way of love. Paul's talking about the way of love, You can serve doing the right things in the right places, putting the right people there, but if it's not done in the way, the right way of love, it could be useless or damaging even. So I want to take a look at at what Paul says about this in 1 Corinthians. Uh, We've been reading in chapter 12 quite a bit in this series, and we're coming back to the end of chapter 12 today into chapter 13. And and he kind of bookends this, like chapter 12, verse 31, and chapter 14, verse 1. If you go to the next slide, I want to read these two verses, because he ends this section—well, not a section. It's a whole section on gifts, and he ends a little mini-section where he says, after he describes spiritual gifts and we're the body of Christ and things like that, and he says, Now eagerly desire the greater gifts— Love is indispensable. Sorry, that's the, the title. <laughs> that's the title in, in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. This is the title. Here's the next one. It says, and yet, so now we're going to desire the, the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. So says, like, we've talked about gifts. We're going to still talk about gifts, but let me show you the most excellent way. And then he, he, he writes a whole chapter, chapter 13, and then comes to chapter 14 and says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. We'll look at chapter 14 in a couple of weeks. But I want you to see those two bookends. And now Paul, in the middle of that, starts to teach us about the way, the right way, to use our gifts to serve in the body of Christ and even in, in Christ's mission. And the main theme is, is love. Now, now, I want to show you, like gifts, spiritual gifts. You go to the next slide. Spiritual gifts is like, you know, this is what we've been talking about. There's the box. We checked off spiritual gifts. What is my spiritual gift? How can I find it? How can I serve using it? And sometimes it's like that's plain simple. It seems practical, pragmatic, right? But Paul fits spiritual gift not inside a box. He fits it in something else. He fits it inside a heart, inside love. And he wants us to understand as he goes forward that love is the main context and posture and way forward in which we use our spiritual gifts. And you can apply this to, obviously, how you live life, how you do family, how you uh, function at work. Paul specifically applying it to what it means to be the church, a community together that serves together. And so spiritual gifts inside the idea of love, it's the only way to function with spiritual gifts because love is the main theme here. Now, I know love. When you say love, when I say love, some people think romantic love. Maybe they think of a couple, or they think of a wedding or relationships. Maybe they, love can also mean erotic love, intimacy. Love could mean values. You know, I'm looking at Luke. Luke loves robotics. I love robotics, or I love video games, or I love tennis, or I love golf, or I love a walk on the beach or something, right? You love those things, and if you love them, you kind of use love in a you know, less of the deepest way, but you're committed to them. You want to, you fulfill them. So love could be used that way. But what does love have to do with spiritual gifts? Apparently everything. Because Paul like, stops his, his teaching in the middle of it and says, okay, before I go further, before I say another word, before I write anything else, before you understand anything else about gifts, and before I even clarify how the gifts are used in community, especially some of the ones that maybe have brought some confusion, I want to stop and talk about love. And these are the three reasons why. The first reason is love is essential. Love is essential. And this is how Paul tells us that it's essential, okay? He says at the end of, right, chapter 12, verse 31, he says, and I will show you the most excellent way. And then he says this in the first three verses. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge... And if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. And if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So here you have Paul, you know, pauses everything and starts to speak about this and he starts to use in reference some of the gifts he already talked about in chapter 12 and he's going to talk about in chapter 14 and he uses in other parts of his letters but we're getting this sense, love is essential. That when love is not at the core of spiritual gifts, what does Paul say? It's like noise. You can prophesy, you can speak in tongues, but if you have love, if you don't have love, it's just like a symbol that just is so loud. And so imagine that that's the case here, that I'm talking here, and I'm, I'm fulfilling my spiritual gift. And so I'm fulfilling my spiritual gift, and I don't know, let's say I'm going to be teaching right now, but all you hear is this, and it's like pretty noisy, right? Who's annoyed yet? Anybody annoyed? Annoyed? Okay, okay. That was really annoying. It even annoyed me. But that's what Paul's saying. He's like, you can have this gift, but if you don't have love, it's just noise. He says, You can have these other gifts, and he lists some of them faith and knowledge. You can give everything you have in sac- sacrificially to the poor. You can even give your body over to hardship, and be persecuted. But if without love, he says, I gain nothing, I am nothing, it's all lost. Love is essential. Love is essential. I remember a couple of years ago, many years ago actually, probably 20 years ago, there was um, a family in a church I was a part of, their son came to faith in his 30s and lived out out west, and um, to help uh, his parents celebrate that, who were older and to also kind of come back maybe to encourage some friends of his he came back to montreal to be baptized and he got baptized in the church i was i was a part of because his family was from that from there and he had had a whirlwind of a life from his, from his teenage years till his 30s, God grabbed his attention, and this guy became a follower of Jesus. He gets baptized, and he comes to Montreal, and a pastor from his church, it was a large church, and so there was a pastor just dedicated to single adults in this church. It was fairly large, and this pastor was, was probably in, in their 50s at the time, and I was maybe 25, so this is like a, you know, 20, 30-year difference between me and this other pastor, and I never forget meeting this person. My wife noticed how kind of like enamored I got with this older pastor because I noticed something so beautiful and authentic and true in him. And while he was there for those couple of weeks, and whenever opportunity I got to have coffee with them or to sit and chat with them, I took it because something drew me to being with them. Because it, and it wasn't just what this what this person said or what this person did, or how or the gifts. God was using in his church or with this, and even this person who, got, who became a Christian. But I noticed that this pastor, this individual, and forget the idea that he was even a pastor, he valued people, he poured into people, he did what he did with love, he cared for, he, he came and chatted with other pastors, it was not a sense of, of competitiveness in there. And so he had a teaching gift, he had a shepherding gift, he had a, a faith gift, he had a discernment gift, But his love is what made it come alive. And it was so noticeable to me, maybe because I didn't see it as much as I wanted to around me, and I just was so drawn to it. And I realized how essential love is. Maybe you've heard this quote. And uh, Maya Angelou had said this I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. People will never forget how you made them feel. Love is so essential. The next thing Paul tells us in this, we're, kinda, we're going through this quickly today, is, is love is ethical. Love is ethical. It's part of what we do. When love is essential, it, it translates into doing. It translates into becoming ethical. When I say ethical, some people say, well, wait, you know, faith is not about, like, we can't earn our salvation. It's not about, you know, effort and this and this and that. But, Ethics is, is what it, it just basically means our behavior, our composure, our actions, our character. How are we going to live these things out? And so I, I like the word ethical, and it helps us understand that when love is part of your being, it shows up in your doing. And Paul explains to us that love is a way of life. It's not just a, a, you know, it's not just a beautiful word. It's not just a principle. It's a way of life. And if you read Paul's letters, you get the sense that love is The way of a follower of Jesus. Now, when we read these next words from 1 Corinthians 13, maybe you've heard them at a wedding. Maybe you've heard them quoted at a moment when a couple is getting married, and and, and it's a beautiful poem. People who don't even believe in Jesus will read this at their wedding. I want to read it with you, verses 4 to 7, and they're probably very familiar to you. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy. It does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And now you may kiss your bride. It's, people use this as a wedding poem, but it's not a wedding. I mean, you can use it at a wedding. It's not bad to use it at a wedding, but it wasn't written for that. Now, I, we don't even have to go through all of this. The list is pretty obvious. When you read through this, what we're trying to see is this picture that love is ethical. Love is what we do. Love in action is patience and kindness and the opposite of envy, the opposite of boasting, the opposite of pride, the opposite of dishonoring people but honoring them. It's not self-seeking or easily angered. It doesn't keep record of wrongs. It doesn't delight in evil. It rejoices with truth. It protects and trusts and hopes and perseveres. I mean, that's love. And Paul's trying to help us see that love is a way of life. Now, I want to do something with us. If you can go to the next slide and see this, I want us to participate here. So I want you guys on my right over here, if you guys can, can read through this, and wherever there's a blank, I want you to use the word God. Are you ready? So... Who's, who's ready? God is everybody, listen. Go. God is not self seeking. God is not God God is not God did everybody else hear that? Here's that, this, this description of God. Okay, you guys on the left, my left, I want you to use the word Jesus. The Bible, when we read the New Testament, Jesus is the most fullest expression of God. When we come to know Jesus, we come to know God. Now, can you guys, do, can you guys beat them in, 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 like, volume? I'm not knocking you guys. I'm just trying to create some healthy competition here. All right? And so, and let's try and, even with the rhythm, you guys ready? I'll start you guys off. Jesus is... Wait, uh, they are doing a little bit better. I don't want to boast about it, but they're they're doing a bit better. Okay, go on. Jesus, Jesus is not proud. Bad. Jesus does not dishonor others. Jesus is not self-seeking. Jesus is not easy to Jesus, Jesus is not ever right wrong. Jesus is not in people, but only with the truth. Jesus, always with thanks, always trust, always hope, always mercy. Whew, that was good. Okay. Now, you got everybody else heard that God are these things, Jesus are these things. Now you guys right here, you're going to do something special. You're going to use the word I. All right, say it loudly, even if you don't believe it. Okay, say it, just a section. We'll have something special for you guys. You guys ready? Okay, go. I am patient. I, am. I do not. I, am. I do not boast dishonor others i am not i am not people we're going to become friends with these people Right? These are good people. Now, you guys are going to do something different. I want you to just turn to, just take one person, like kind of couple up and just turn to them. And I want you to use their name. So for, from this side, so, so, so you're right to your left. So you're, if you're the person on the right, I want you to tell the person on the left, I want you to use their name. So Franca will say, Rui is, okay? And I'll stop you halfway through. You guys ready? Say the person's name. You ready? Okay, go for it. Okay, let's stop, let's stop, let's stop. Let's, let's reverse this side to this side, continue from, from uh, keeps no records of wrongs. So Rui, Frank, I'll tell you if this is true, if Frank I keeps no records of wrongs, but because this is my wife, if you're the first time, I am joking. So, uh, so, so it's summer, we got to keep things light, right? So here we go. So you ready? Start from that one. Go for it. Wow, this is getting muddy. I guess when <laughs> there's a struggle when you're telling, when you're describing someone else, is it true, is it not, it gets muddy, um, all that stuff. That's, that's not why. That's not why. But, but just think about this list. We don't have to over-explain it. But it describes, first of all, who God is. It describes who Jesus is. Obviously, the intent is that it would describe who we are, right? Now, the question I'll leave you with is, which one... Which, which part of this list do you find most difficult? Which part of this list do you find most difficult to express, to live out? Which part of this list would you say, this really doesn't reflect my way of life. I struggle with this. Now, don't, don't tell us. But, you know, we're going to just go positive and believe that this list encompasses everybody in this section. But, right? But which, which one is more difficult? And here's another question. Which one... Do you see applied when you exercise your spiritual gifts, when you're serving in ministry, when you're serving one another, when someone's doing connections or setting up or, or preparing for worship or kids or hosting a community group or even a phone call to someone or serving behind, this, behind the scenes in administrative work or financial work or things like that? How do you see these things applied? And how are they applied in our community? Because what Paul is getting at is love is ethical. It's the way of life. It's the way we are called to live. It's the way, the context in which our spiritual gifts are exercised. So vital. And here's another reason why love is the context of our spiritual gifts. And it's, it's this last reason, and it's from verses 8 to 13. Love is eternal. Now look, look what Paul says. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. And when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man or an adult, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection is in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now we see in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Paul is trying to help them understand and us understand, even as we grapple with spiritual gifts, discover our spiritual gifts, use our spiritual gifts, there is something that outlasts our spiritual gifts. And there's something that out, out, outlasts what we do, and that's love. And that's so vital. If you can put it back on the screen there, you see he uses these words like, you know, uh, what, the one before, you know, what will, something will cease, like the prophecy in tongues. He's just using examples here. These aren't all literally connected, but will cease and be stilled or pass away. Or some you'll know in part. But when completeness comes, and the Scripture tells us, one day when Jesus appears, second coming Jesus appears, we will be like him. We will see We will see more fully the mysteries of God. Jesus will rule into eternity. There will be a fullness of of time. There will be a fullness in that. That's why when I was a child versus when I become an adult, I'll put these ways behind. If you go to the next slide again, then you get that sense that one day we shall see face to face. We shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And these remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. See, gifts are God's gift to us in this season, from the resurrection to the second coming of Jesus, to serve the kingdom before new creation is brought into being by Jesus. There's a finality to the use of our gifts, but there's not a finality to love. There's a finality to the ministry we do right now, but there's not a finality to love. Love continues. So vital gifts are for now. Love is both now and into eternity. I want to say it this way for us to help us. If gifts are your identity, listen to this. If gifts are your identity, you will feel detached in the new creation. In other words, if I cling to my gift, if my gift is teaching, or if my gift is mercy, or if my gift is giving, if I cling to my gift and that is my identity, I will feel detached in the new creation because gifts will cease. But if love is my identity, if love is your identity, you will feel at home in the new creation because love continues, because love never fails. N.T. Wright says it this way, love is God's river flowing into the future, across the border, into the country where there is no pride, no jostling for position, no contention among God's people. We are invited to step into that river here and now and let it take us to where it's going. Because love never fails. Love will remain. Love continues. Our gifts are great. Our gifts are awesome. And we want to encourage as a church to discover our gifts. But they're for this time. And if you want to serve with your gifts well, serve within the context of love. See, Paul was adamant about clarifying the need for love in the use of spiritual gifts because love is a way of life. What Paul highlighted throughout his letters, he said so many one another statements Love one another, bear with one another, forgive one another, be kind to one another, be hospitable with one another. Those verses were rampant because one another is the way we follow Jesus, the way we love God, the way we love each other, the way we exist as followers of Christ, the way we become church, the way we witness to the world around us. That's the way of love. That's why the way of love is so vital, so essential, so ethical, and eternal, and eternal, And before Paul would eventually clarify how to use some of the gifts that brought confusion in the Corinthian church, he stopped and he's like, wait a second. Before we go further, let's recognize that love is the way. And the way of love is God's way. And the way of love is the context in which any gift must be used, utilized, deployed. See, love will propel you into using your gifts. And love will posture you when using your gifts. It does both. If love is the core of who you are as God shapes you and changes you and God's love fills you, that love will propel you to serve and use your gifts. But that love will also posture you when using your gifts. Amen? Right people, right things, right places, they all matter. But the right way is the context of all of it. Let's stand and pray. You know I know that there's a human ambition in us we want to win we want to do well we want to be strategic and achieve we will win when we follow the way of love that's the way, that's the winning way is the way of love we all win when you and me and ministry and community and mission is bathed and immersed in love father we're we're so grateful um, Thank you for this pause in Paul's letter, how he shaped it and wrote to this church in first century Corinth, how we can learn from from what they were struggling with what what they needed to learn and grow with and and ultimately what we do as well God god we we admit I admit that it's so easy to fall into the side of of just achieving just doing things right, just being productive um, just also the beauty of, of, of helping people find their place in your church, where they can serve with their gifts and passions, right places, right people. But God, we, we welcome this, this word to us today. And we just stayed as a church community and individually, God, we long for our ministry, our mission. We long for the spiritual gifts you've given us to use for your glory. God, would be that they would be in the context of love, that they would be bathed in the way of love. God, may we latch on to love because love is eternal. It is the most excellent way, the way beyond other ways. So God, we surrender ourselves to your work in us by your spirit to grow us in this way so we can become a community of love, people of love, that all we do would be immersed in it. In your name we pray, and for your glory, God, and your purposes, amen.